voice in the original uh, animated short or something. Here's what I find most interesting. He was in The Fly 1958, you know, the uh, one that was done by, uh, uh, by, by uh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. And there was a sequel called Return of the Fly in 1959, but he was in Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. He was? I love that movie. Yeah. You know what? I, I probably didn't see it because I had watched that movie with my kid way back when the kid was young, and fucking that movie scared the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, every time he would go, he was scared of Costello. He would always uh, go, Lou. He wasn't scared of the Frankenstein. It was Abbott and Costello that petrified him. Now, we always suspected that Je- uh, Jeannie Devar- Darville isn't like secretly in love with the the um the the artist now we're really finding out now this woman she was married to mickey rooney they have a son together she was married six years to mickey rooney six years that's a good run mickey rooney was married what six times seven times something like that in six years and a child that's a pretty good run for mickey rooney that's a good run now her first he married like her high school sweetheart and took him to L.A. And then he was arrested for like multiple robberies in L.A. They gave him like five years probation. <laughs> and in 1955, she is like, you and me are through. Oh, look, there's that writing you said that wasn't there. Yeah, that's right. Why aren't she, business cards an anachronism? It's a, not an anachronism. It's a continuity error. But I'm saying, were business cards there during the 19th century? Yes, yes. They were? Sure, there were business cards in the 1800s, absolutely. 1900s, Carl. 1800s. (laughs) What are you, ignorant? She was in Herbie Rides Again. Oh, so that's where I reckon. Man, she's like classic. I want to watch Batman just to see her in it. You know what I mean? Lots of TV, yeah. She did all that. I dream a genie like and lots my TV. Of TV. Because those those sixties shows, it was always like bright and colorful, and the women they had are always like sparkling. So yeah. I, I could see her be a good fit in those comedies. Now she's talking about her plans with Odette. They're going to go off and get married. Uh, they're going to go to his house in Switzerland. So he's going to send the servants ahead of time to prepare the house. She's just beside herself. Her plot is working great. She's going to set up a woman cave. Like a man cave, but for women. Uh, A a she shed. Shut up. Really? A she shed? Yeah, it's perfect. I didn't realize. Sure. So now (laughs) our Star Trek connection, Pierre, comes in and is like, the husband of this lady's here. And he's like, husband? And she's like, well, I, 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 I didn't tell. I wanted to tell you, but, 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 but. I learned it from Mickey Rooney. Yeah. I can marry twice. No, she wasn't married to Mickey Rooney. No, she wasn't. No. She was, um, she, she, she was a model, and she became one of the Glee girls for Jackie Gleason. That's how she started. Oh, my God. I mean, by the time she was 20, she won eight titles as a, in beauty contests. I mean, she was out there doing stuff and being a model. 
but uh, she yeah. fell in love with acting and became hostess of Beat the Clock. You know, it's funny. This takes place in France, even though the the, the journal and the diary and the uh, case study is all in yeah, English. All in English. But all the actors are for this guy, like the the fiance, this guy that walked in. He's the one that looks so American. Like everyone else, yes. kind of passed for France. Like I, you know, yeah. suspense or disbelief. But this guy looks like he just walked off a gun smoke. That's right. That's an American accent. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> is he going to kill him? Is, is the Horla going to tell him to kill this guy? The Horla is, but he refuses. So the Horla wants to show him how easy it is to kill a man. So he knocks all those statues off the wall to smush him. But he misses. Oh. He misses on purpose. <laughs> right, on purpose. You have the ability to be uh, a demon and have physical form and be invisible, but you just happen to not be a very good killer. <laughs> he he claims that he didn't. Oh, I meant to do that. I just wanted to show you to do, how easy it is to kill a man. <laughs> so now basically he's like, hey, you know, you're up to something no good. And he's like, hey, you know, whatever. Odette wants me. Yeah. She doesn't yeah, want I guess me. I am. Now the Horla's talking. Now I was. I won't I kill like, him. Surprise! I won't. I won't. Oh, you must, Vincent. I mean, uh, whatever your friend. Now watch the statues. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Oh. I said an urn. I'm sorry, an urn on a statue. Yeah. Burn. What happened? An urn fell on me. Oh, urn. That burn. The reason it didn't hit him and kill him, because that would be by mistake. If you're going to die that way, you've got to earn it. Oh, right. Well, he, he's a adversary. I mean, like you said, the Horla makes a good case. He should kill the fiance. It's really right. Easy. The Horla just wants killing, you know. Evil. Evil Horla. So Vincent Price is such a nice guy. He says to Pierre, he goes, you can clean this up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, like they're too busy doing everything else for this guy. Right. Oh, the Horla walked in, yeah, Horla slammed in the, the door. Horla, enter the Horla. Enter the Horla. That's a good movie title, Enter the Horla. Enter the Horla. That would be good. Yeah. No, but seriously. Stories. It, Vincent Price in this film is not a madman. He's as sane as anyone dealing with the Horla. It's a bad title. It's a good title for a movie, but it's a bad title for this movie because it's not a diary of a man. It's an excellent title. <laughs> it's an excellent title for an Ozzy Osbourne album. Yeah. Oh, exit the Horla. Exit the horse. The horse has left the building, has left the set, ladies and gentlemen. That sounds like so, Elvis. I mentioned Ozzy Osbourne in, I guess, 83. Yeah, Elvis, Elvis has, has left, the, left building. the building. Okay, so um, o Odette, you know, our gold digger, she was in Frankie and Johnny with Elvis Presley. Her. Oh, wow. And she was in late. Carl Reiner's directorial debut, Enter Laughing, 1967. 
which is based on his book. Oh man, let me see if that's on uh, YouTube. It's he wrote a memoir about his life and then he directed the movie of it. Oh, that sounds like that's something I want to see. Uh, um, I think it's about him writing for Sid Caesar. I wrote a book. I wrote a book, uh, Enter Gassing, where I fart all the time. Enter. I cropped us. Kovac was in three films that were made in Iran. I don't know if that's interesting, but I wrote it down. She was in a Three Stooges film. She was in Jason and the Ar- nice. Argonauts. She was in a Dean Martin film. Yeah, I love film. that movie. Oh, was it a Matt Helm film? Uh, it was The Silencers, 1966. Yep, yep. Terrible, terrible movie. And I actually, I've seen that one, and I think I know what role she had. Was, I've been watching a lot of uh, Dean Martin. Carl, there's a streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I. I mentioned uh-huh. it on the show before. But they have Colgate Comedy Hour with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They have uh, the Dean Martin Rose, and they have like the 60s specials he did where he would sing and, and uh, booze. So if you're into Dean Martin episode. or Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay. Now the Horlo will crush a rose, and then later it's not crushed, and the internet thinks that's a big continuity error. <clears throat> Listen, a crushed rose is a crushed rose is a not crushed rose. I think there's a <laughs> to that. The way they did the crush effect is they actually, it was like a sort of balloon kind of thing, and they sucked the air out of it. You'll see. So weird. Oh. Now watch, they'll suck it out. All right. Here we go. Blurp. That looks like every food I have in my refrigerator. red peppers and look he's shooting him he knows he's physical and he goes out of bullets now look at this bad acting vincent price does his only bad acting he gets mad at the gun and throws it <laughs> the rest of this film he acts great yeah the maid and the butler are like cowering in their quarters right now it looks like he's shooting guns again right didn't they hear the gunshots for goodness sakes they must have they don't run in. Like What's going on? Uh, <coughs> he's got Horlock. Green eyes. Something's going to happen. Doesn't the Horlock speak for the trees? <laughs> I am the Horlock. I speak for the trees. I'm the Horlock. <laughs> Your flippity floppity with the floopity flippity will kill all the glippity gloppities. Listen, Horlock, I don't need to hear from you. I'm making sneeds, Horlock. Or is it thieves? Sneeds? Thieves? What was he making? Sneeds. I think Remember they were like uh, long johns. They were underwear, right? Yeah, they were underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like three sleeves or like you didn't really know which goes where. And I don't think there was a turtleneck to it. I'm your husband. Let me in. So Odette has now moved out and has her own apartment. And she is just sick to death of him. Okay, let's him in. Listen, yeah, we're in I France. Know. I want one of them kisses. Wow, what a dress. I mean, lingerie. Oh, he's mad. He's mad. My things, my things. Why'd you throw the paper on the floor? Why? 
Now she admits that she's a gold digger. Ah. See, here, here he goes. She can admit it. Nothing but a gold digger. That's why I recognize you from the movie Gold Diggers of 1864. <laughs> You're a gold digger. I was panning. I wasn't digging. Uh-oh. Right. Green eyes. Hard-boiled eggs. The... Now look how Ooh. she fake she fake locks the door. Like it's obviously not a lock. Here she yeah. pretends to lock it and he just walks right in. And she's like, oh, gold Hello. digger guy. I'm so happy to see you, gold digger guy. Wait a minute. How far into this movie is he going to really kill her, right? He is this really going to kill her, but the Horla is behind it. I don't know how. I don't understand how this Horla works. He's possessed by the Horla. He's taken over his physical form. Ooh. He hasn't taken it's over it. his physical form. He's like mind controlled him. Stab! 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 Wow. All psycho on him, 1960. So she's going like, ouch, ouch, she's no screen queen. Right. She just limps, ragdolls it. Right. Ouch. Now look, there's no blood, and she's dead, like, instantly. Well, that's transfer you. Vincent comes home like, what have I done? I think it's a cool special effect, the way they get the lighting on them. The green eyes. So he won't know what he did. He won't remember. Ooh, now, here comes the post office the... guy. This is yeah. Marcel, the post office, Don Brody. And he was in Escape to Witch Mountain as gasoline oh, attendant. <laughs> He Here's was your in, gasoline, young kid. <laughs> he was in Goodbye Norma Jean as projectionist. Oh, what you think of the movie, Mrs. Monroe? <laughs> he was in Little Big Man. You know that film where the guy's the Indian. The Dustin Hoffman movie. Right. Yeah. As stage passenger, uncredited. Oh, man. <laughs> You're killing me. This guy was in 250 films and television productions, and it's all that kind of stuff. In this one, he was he played like the mailman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His biggest but role was like he order up. He did do voiceover work in Disney's Pinocchio and Dumbo, in which he had some main characters. But that's what's funny. He's like, Mom, Mom, hello, Mom. I landed a big role. You're animated. <laughs> When are you going to hit it with domes? Well, I'm trying, Ma. Listen, Ma, I play a black crow in Dumbo. People will remember that. Uh, yeah, not for the right reasons, son. Not for the right reasons. Okay, so Vincent Price is now finding the evidence of his handiwork, which is blood. leading oh. up. He reads the newspaper headline, and it says, Woman Beheaded. Right. Now, Let's look. See. Oh, Wow, way to rub it in, Horla. No, no. I can't believe Horla it. Horla put her. Look. It's her! Dead. Camera close up. I think the camera should zoom into it so I can get the point. 
Now that oh, was terrible. an impossibility, Mike. You couldn't do that. You can't take a fully sculpted clay thing without wrecking uh, it, you know, and put her head in it. Like you said, the Horla is also a uh, artist. <laughs> yeah. He was looking forward to it. He spent all night working on it. He had all night because Vincent didn't know what he did and he just slept. I was home last night. I didn't kill her. The worst maiden butler. Didn't clean up a single drop of blood. Didn't notice the Horla was working. Terrifying. Now, who do you think they're going to think killed OJ? Yeah, these arguments. Who do you think they'll think killed OJ? Uh, oh, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke yeah, because he went over he there. He's yelling. The landlady heard everything. Well, who's going to be the judge of the case anyway? It's going to be Vincent. He'll be like, yeah, you did it. Bye. Next case. <laughs> Next. That is what happens. Not They don't get that far, but that's what's going to happen. He's arrested and... Um, Vincent Price will be like, I don't know what you're talking about now, young man. I never met you. Right. Now, Mickey Ro Rooney's wife is going to, Mickey's Rooney's wife's going to go to the dad, be like, they arrested Paul. They arrested him. Now, the director wanted the voice of the Horla to come out all distorted, but this producer, Edward Small, would have nothing to do with it. He wanted it to sound clear. And the director always thought that was a big mistake. You see, what do you think? I think it makes sense. Well, the American International Pictures, you and I know that company and love that company yeah. your show. Love that company. They did love a series them. of Edgar Allan Poe period pieces that were very sure. popular. One of them had Vincent Price in it. And that's what yeah. this no, company several had Vincent. They're trying to well, – no, yeah, several had Vincent. The Raven – these, which was directed by Roger Corman. And I think they're probably his best movies are these uh, Poe adaptations. Like, uh, and they were a hit. With, they with, were a with, hit. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so no, they're really what, good. I mean, imagine doing Poe in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Nevermore. So they're trying to recreate the magic. But they, well, they're trying to get yeah. their, okay, these things sell. Let's make one that sells. But. Yeah. And this is United I'm Artists now. It. I mean, like. You might think, oh, United an Artist, that's a serious company, but not in, really in the 60s. They were, they hadn't been bought by conglomerates yet. You know, they were still, United right. Pictures was a America, was an AIP kind of competitor at the time. So, all right, so I'm going to dip my toe into this water. So United Artists had the James Bond series, and also there was a movie called Heaven's Gate that lost the studio so much money that, MGM and United Artists wind up merging. Huh. That's what, I, I that's don't know that history. I'll trust you on that. Yeah, it's a, there was a book called, uh, well, the movie was Heaven's Gate and shit, what was the book? I love that book. They, the producer, one of the executives of the studio wrote a book about it because the studio went under after letting this director make this insanely expensive movie, yeah. which if Heaven's Gate was on YouTube, we would do it as a two-parter. Once in a while, Heaven's Gate shows up on HBO, and if you can see it, I, I recommend it. It's just batshit. Okay, I'm putting it in my Netflix queue. It's like Heaven's Gate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's worth a watch. In the book, the Horla lives on water and milk. 
for some reason, and they threw that out like entirely. Waterman. Like what? Like Waterman. So what's thinking of that? Oh, if you, you could leave me some milk and water. Ew, gross. Not mixed together. You remember in Waterman when he's drinking the coffee? Yeah, and the, the, he, he becomes brown. He turns brown. Yeah, because he's drinking it. That's yeah, why when he's it. at the bar, oh, you he asks for vodka, because it's clear. Nobody can tell how drunk he is. Well, we should mention Carl has produced a very funny uh, pilot called Waterman, which is a stream of water as a cop. <laughs> and it's available on Vimeo, but I'm not going to give you the link because yeah, we want so, you to pay to see this. Right. Oh, you can't. All right. And then, but you actually had a premiere of it where you projected it on the wall. You did it yeah, drive-in right. style because of the Yeah, point. drive-in style. Uh, can, can you tell me a little bit about it to the audience? How, how was the experience? Well, the, the only reason I did it, because I want to sell it. I really don't want to show it to the public. You know what I mean? The only reason I did it to yeah. see if they would laugh, because if they're not laughing, Okay, you'll see strings here. It's being held by strings. Totally, totally. So um, I just wanted to gauge audience reactions. If they're laughing, I have something to sell. And I got lucky. Every, every People thought it was funny. You could hear them in their cars laughing? <laughs> we were all outside social distancing, Mike. I know. I, you're, you're good at it. I have okay. a thing about, like, I know we're watching a movie, but I've been thinking lately, like, the purpose of a live comedy show is to make people laugh. And yeah, laughter is a great way to uh, uh, transmit the disease. So where does it stand to do a live show? Like, that's the reason why I can't do a show. Okay. Now, you see it burning, right? This gives Vincent yeah. the idea. That might be the way to, to kill this guy. Time? What, see, what the Horl is doing is getting rid of the evidence. He covered up the sculpture of Odette. He's... Burns the yeah. painting he bought. Now, the thing is, though, there's a record of the painting being bought. And the servants who went off to Switzerland, they they have evidence that he met Odette. And he. I, I, it's a kind of a plot hole. I mean, he could easily be caught. Uh, this hiding of stuff won't matter. If they looked into it, he would be the suspect. Look at him. He opened the door without a butler. Well, that's what he says. Like, I was, I expected Pierre. And he goes, no, he's in my house in Switzerland getting it ready. Nice. Basically, he's coming to him like, this guy says he knows you. Why? That's ridiculous. Come into my study. <laughs> He heard that knock from the studies. That must be a loud door knocker. The study's right there by the foyer. It's a big house, man. There's a hallway in between it and like a... Oh. Look, that's the pen that he writes a diary with. Uh, yeah. You know, the internet made it a big deal that if he was really writing a diary in ink, he couldn't just close the... It had, you know, oh, Absolutely. It'll, it would blot or whatever. And uh, well, I I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. Uh -huh. Left-handed person, Carl. Uh, anytime I write an ink, I smudge it because my hand follows yeah, the, the ink. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I saw. I first thing I noticed when he had the ink that he's right-handed. I meant to bring up that he puts the pen on the desk and it starts to roll and he catches it. I know that that was just some screw up while they were filming and they didn't film it again. 
Ah, well, God bless Vincent Price. The guy, <laughs> the guy could do no wrong. Like he recovered. We control. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess he's done some bad movies. Oh, sure. I would he love to his, do. Uh, this is one of them. The thing is. Yeah. He, but but he carries it through the strength of his acting and his fame. You know, it's a Vincent Price film, but yeah. it's not a good film. Now he'll just totally deny knowing him, which is, he could so obviously be caught. I've never seen this man in my life. Right. That's such bullshit. He's, he knows he's getting set up now. Right. Come on, we were in Dr. Goldfoot in the uh, bikini machine. Never right. heard of it. Accusations. He did a film like I never pronounced the guy's name right. The Invulnerable Mister Fibs or Fibes, right? Where he's yeah. just like, and there was a sequel too. It's a very, they're both very campy and you know excellent. But he had this. They they made a decision that he talks through voiceover, like so. Hey, here I'm going to, and it just gets after a while. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's a good film. I need to watch it a couple more times to be honest with you. So Price completely denies knowing yeah. him, and he's like outraged because that's ridiculous, and he won't get uh, the film will end before he gets redeemed. Uh, he he won't get executed because the diary they're reading right now uh, will clear him. It, it makes clear that Vincent Price was the killer. This was all filmed in West Hollywood, California, Santa Monica Boulevard. The Samuel Golden Studios, um, and it was 62, July of 62, they started filming. Is this interesting? No. Maybe. The only thing I like, left I, I haven't like told you is about the writer. The writer's name is yeah, Robert Kent. What's that? He's really a producer. Uh, but he wrote this one. He began as a rapid screenwriter and story editor for Columbia. He was there for seven years. He worked with this guy, Edward Small. And they. one of his things was he was good at female characters. He was good at writing women. Um, he formed his own production company, Admiral Productions, with Edward Small. And that's what they were doing. They did two horror films with Vincent Price and four westerns with Audie Murphy. And that was uh, Western singer. That was pretty much. That's his claim to fame. He, that was his. Okay, she's back. Yeah. Mickey Rooney's wife, and now it's the like. They never. I think it's a missed opportunity here. She should really say, "I always loved you." She should now reveal her feelings to him, but they don't go there. I mean, show us some drama, you know, and. I can't kiss you. Odette is still, her body's not cold. You know, it's like they should right. do a bunch of. Oh, oh he kissed. Yeah. Oh. I was, I yeah. forgot. I saw this film five times. Uh, this is my fifth time and I forgot. How Did embarrassing. Oh, that she kisses back. Why didn't I remember Did this? You? So watching a Vincent Price movie five times, that's not as bad as what I make you watch. 
for the show otherwise. Yeah, it's not swap me. I mean, I had to endure Gilligan's Island three <laughs> times and then watch it with you. Oh, my God, enough. All right, all right. It's still, exactly. The wound is fresh. The wound is fresh. <laughs> I mean, I was it's coming off of the munchies stuff, so I guess I was a little sensitive. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like, one reminiscing about the movies we watched, the Brain Dead and Carnosaur are terrible movies, and yeah. that kind of threw a ratchet to me. Yeah. So that was tough to watch those films. Yeah, it really was. But the thing is, Brain Dead wasn't as bad because you had Bud Court uh, and uh, yeah. you, you had Bill Pullman, and, and uh, you know, they were, it Bill was Paxton. good. Both of them. Yeah. It was good to watch those guys. Carnosaur was very difficult, very difficult. Carn- Listen, if I may, Carnosaur, the premise is that it's a dinosaur in modern day times that's killing people, like a serial killer Jurassic Park. Except in this movie, there's like child death, crib death, yeah. uh, horse impregnation, yeah. uh, monsters coming out of pregnant belly. Like everything awful happens in that movie. Everything that has nothing gets, to do with the killer dinosaur. Yeah. And remember how the hero yeah. gets killed randomly at the end? You're not even satisfied that the hero won. Yeah. Yeah. So Vincent tried to kill himself and the Horla is stopping him. What's that? Yeah. That's a mixed bag. I I think uh, Carnosaur is worse than Castaways on Gilligan's Island. Oh, absolutely. Um, So Vincent just tried to kill himself, so he can't kill anymore, but the Horla prevented him by taking the little gun away. Mixed bag. One hand, you know, you prevent suicide. The other hand, the horror is still alive. Right. Suicide prevention hotline. Horla speaking. <laughs> Just do it. Here, I'll come right over. Uh, hold Why, on, I'm thinking of committing suicide. I can't. Hello. Good evening. You I always know remember Vincent you... Price. Yeah. From the Muppet Show. Oh, right. Memorably. Yeah. Well, basically now it's um it's basically you knew them both, you bought the painting, your servants know that she came over, all this will be revealed. And Vincent's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. <laughs> oh, so she's gonna get killed, huh? She isn't. We're getting near the end now. We have about 10 minutes left, and we really don't need this scene. He should do the deed now. But the director's making so, us... I wonder what, so I know he burns and kills himself in a fire, so that's what's the last 10 minutes. Of yeah, movie, right. right. He's going to go to the hardware store. I would like 10 gallons of kerosene. That is right. In the yeah. Match. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Right. Me and my girlfriend like watching horror movies on a Friday night with Vincent Price. That was an old Rhino Records novelty song. Remember that record, World's, talking about Worst, what it... World's Worst Songs or whatever? That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they would have Wild Man Fisher come to Rhino Records. 
They had this guy who couldn't sing, and he was singing like fairy tales can come true. Yeah, it can happen to yeah. you. And I remember that cut. He was like, "We're not trying to be perfect yeah. here." Well, you're young at heart. That's the song. Here is the best part. Yeah, he's just a terrible singer. Well, Rhino, you know, I read the 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 guy wrote a book about it, the history of Rhino, and uh, they started off as novelties. They did a Devo album where they they did all Devo covers with kazoos, and then yeah. they had other Devo covers. Yeah. And then they started collecting catalogs. Like, they really loved records, and they yeah. were... Uh, well, when Rhino started, like, they were like, let's not just be a cheap record company trying to make some money. Let's be obvious about it, and that'll be our yeah. hook. We're kitschy. We're, we're... Our stick. And it worked. Well, there was a record store in Santa Monica, and I went there years ago. I'm sure thanks to the pandemic and everything is long gone, but uh, they were promoting the their record store, and they started a label. Yeah. But there was like a... I think the story went like they were working with like Columbia. They were working with the majors to release like old stuff. And then the, the majors themselves created a knockoff Rhino version. I think they called it Spearman or something. It's uh -huh. Or like, you know, and they started doing it. And the guy was pissed because he knew his fans would get ripped. It was a ripoff. And that uh -oh. people would probably get mistake, would mistake it for Rhino. So. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Demento now, plays. The, go ahead, finish your thought. Dr. Demento, he was part of uh, Rhino for sure. He yeah, was he played a lot of Rhino records. Yeah. yeah, okay, let's get back to the movie. I'm sorry. Okay, so Vincent Price now knows, or the Horland knows, that the way to hide um, uh, that he did this at all is to kill both of them. So he's on his way now to do it. Now, one of the reasons this is a bad film is they do something here that they didn't set up. They do something about religion. Um, and that wasn't in the novel, but not only that, they didn't set it up at the beginning of this film. There's no religious overtones to this film at all. And he's, and religion is going to help him here. So he's on his way to kill her. her choice. Right. As one does. As one does when the Horla has taken over. Is he going to see Jesus? He's going to get a uh, Jack Trick yeah. uh, pamphlet and be like, oh my God, I don't want to sell, I don't want to sell my kid's shoes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> he sees the reflection of the cross in his knife and that like right. snaps him out of it. That's not a bad idea. I mean, he, you know. That yeah, would work if really you religious. set it up at the beginning of the film. Like, you used to be religious and you're not now. So, look, he sees in the reflection of the knife the cross. Oh, like wait, power oh of Jesus. yeah. And it's a uh, crucifix, Horla, like, too. Don't listen, to this. don't listen to that Jesus fella. <laughs> Oh, it's a reflection there in the window. I got That's you. That's right. And he's, it snaps him out of it. Now, we need to be set up for this, and we're not. What would be better, a police station or like a bookstore that had a book that said, don't kill women on the street? <laughs> yeah, he reads the title. Okay, here is uh, uh, Father Ramon, who, who was at the uh, 
who was leading the funeral. The funeral. Yeah. He was in, um, it, but this is his final film. He was in a little TV after this. He was in War of the Worlds. He was Red Planet Mars. He was on uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen show three times. He was the doctor in the summer place. He was in The Man Who too, Knew Too Much as an uncredited detective. He's been around. Nice. So he's like, hey. now the Horla takes the horse's reins and runs them. He's going to run over Vincent Price and the father. Where, where's the Horla? I don't get it. He's he sitting the there invisible. In the yeah. Yeah, but the, but if he's physical, he would have knocked the driver or the driver would have noticed if some hairy dude. I know. And what did he do? Did he hop into the carriage? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, backing up. Deep, deep, deep. <laughs> Horse apples. Excuse me, I almost ran you over. Pardon me, father. Oh, it must be the horla. That makes perfect sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, so he, he was going to go with him to the church to find sanctuary, but now he realizes if you hang around me, you're probably going to get killed. So he changes his mind and says, he says to send over, what is this? Okay, we missed it, but he says that um, uh, the daughter and the owner of the art gallery should go to his house. And now he's making the final entry into his uh, diary. Like, if you're reading this, I'm dead because, and I've killed the Horla, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, not the father, just Jeannie, uh, just Jeannie comes over. So now the box that they read, Diary of a Madman, um, is going to be delivered. We're, 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 we're marathoning to well, the end, got about five more minutes. I need you to send this transcript to the screenwriter right away. Yeah, because I won't be alive to tell him the story. Oh, and here's the original screenplay I wrote. It's about beach bums living in Miami. I don't get that joke. Wow, what a fan. Oh, I just said he was like, well, since you're giving it to the screenwriter, here's my here's a script I wrote. Oh, okay. And then See if he's interested in treatment. With, it's treatment, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Carl. I, I said beach bombs because I was thinking of the the beach movies from the sixties. My my head's not. I just woke up, man. Understood. Uh, yeah. We're pre-recording because of COVID. It's nine a.m. in Los Angeles, where Mike is right now. Are you in Frisco again? Or? I'm, I'm in Frisco, Frisco, okay. Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in San Francisco, the city, man, the city. We see the city. Now he's lo locking and closing off. The, the city is New York City, okay? If you lived here, you'd know that. No. Listen, there's the city by the bay. city the bay of Baghdad. And then there's Oakland, which is the town. And then San Lorenzo, which is Lorenzo. Lorenzo something I made up. Listen, one day I'm going to pull it together and go out there, and I'm going to get the Let's Call It Frisco movement going, and I'm going to ruin all your little cities and towns. Hey, Carl. Carl, listen, it's okay to call San Francisco Frisco, all right? People born here say it all the time. Really? Yeah, it is. It's just, you know, yeah. 
Well, I, from what I what I read is that you don't call it SF because that means you're nouveau. That means you've just moved here. Like only transplants call it SF. But honestly, San Francisco is a big fucking thing to say. I, I, SF is a lot easier to say. So, so I'm okay with that. I think it should. I guess San be, Fran is the one. I don't think it should be FART area rapid transit. I think it should be Frisco area rapid transit. FART. Okay. FART. Uh, now look. Fire. He's like. Ha ha, Horla. I burn you. I just started a fire. Yeah. Oh. See, what a now he's got man. another ball. Fire. Right. Yep. Nothing can go wrong. Wait, where's the exit? Look, he's Horla's oh, trying, Horla to trying to get escape. out. That's the Satan on the other side of the door doing it. Oh. Oh, he Take got a flying chair. Ha ha ha. I burned you. Nothing could go wrong with this. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> God, look at Vincent just hamming it up while everything's on fire. Look, look you see him burning? Wow. Yeah, especially yeah. Now, this movie is terrible, but it has a really good ending. Was that Tinkerbell? Maybe he burned the wrong guy, wrong demon. Now, look, Vincent's trying Jeez. to get out. But I think his whole plot was that I thought his whole thing was he knows he's going to die, but it's worth it. I mean, that's what his diary no, says, no, no. but he did try to get out. Yeah, I mean, he's human. He wants to, he wants to eat, uh, eat his cake and have it, too. Mm-hmm. But he won't. This will get him. Wow, look oh, at that. Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah. That looks real. Well, what yeah. they did was they burnt a miniature and then overlaid it they made it they looked at the frame that they had of the regular house and they burnt the miniature but they layered it over the real house and it worked i could tell it's a miniature i could tell it's a miniature because there's a lionel train right next to it <laughs> no 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 the, the you can't see the miniature they took only the uh, yellow part uh, all right whatever uh, so, so now they're all they like, go, oh, Horla, that's ridiculous <laughs> So now they're like, oh, I get it. Oh, that's what it was. A warning to mankind. The Horla is real. <laughs> Paul will be free. But they're like, this is crazy. Why don't we just bury this? This should never leave the room. May we never speak of the Horla again. So is the Horla going to show up in the last 10 seconds of this movie, Carl? The Horla isn't just that one man. There's many Horlas, but the one Horla did die. Um, uh, well, all right. Uh, United Artists release. Doesn't it sound like ejaculate? Carl, what'd you think of this movie? <laughs> okay, I did enjoy it, and I didn't... Doing the research was not torture. I did enjoy it. Oh. Um, but right. uh, yeah. it wasn't a good film, no. I enjoyed it too. I mean, I didn't hear the audio as first time watching as as the way we set up our show, but I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for, for all things price, it was a good one. So there, yeah, we watched a good movie today. Uh, let's watch a full night movie on YouTube, aka L W A F L M O Y T. Follow our podcast uh, with that acronym. Just go to your podcast thingy. I, I went to iTunes yesterday and I saw us listed. It's, it's no. the old photo of Mini Radio. 
So we're on iTunes, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, we do stream on mutinyradio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, there's some great programming before and after. A lot of live, socially distanced comedy shows you can listen to anywhere in the country and around the world. Carl, uh, carlsucks.com. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will, uh, I will have a movie picked, and I will let Carl know in advance so I can make my best friend watch it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, that's been the show. Audience, thank you so much for being with us for this hour and a half. Carl, thank you. Thank you, Mike. For an see amazing show. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Begoman. It's been over one long year watching Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been
Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Age Movie on YouTube with Mike. Mike Clap, Spiegelman, and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the only way you can find us on the podcast. You have to use our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. The same with our YouTube channel and our Twitter account of 38 people following us. uh, What's the reverse of blowing up? (laughs) Uh, Cratering. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in full crater. We we haven't lost a single uh, follower on Twitter. Since we reached 38 followers. Statistics, we're doing all right. Yeah. You know what? Even bots don't even bother with us. We're pretty cool. And check us out. We're more active on Facebook, being that we're over 50. And you can check our Facebook page at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. Carl, we broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming first right now on mutinyradio.fm. The why great internet channel straight out of the Mission District. Uh, well, yeah, why not? Do you make a donation? You could go to mutinyradio.fm, click the donate button, or if you got the Venmo, throw in some Venmo bucks to at Mutiny Radio. A lot of great community programming, like what's really happening with Luke. With Luke. That's right, two us at noon. So you can listen to him at noon and then listen to us at two. Make, make an, an afternoon of it. Yeah, please do. And you know, Sunday, there's sometimes there's live shows after that. So, you know, just hang out or a, a rerun of us. Ooh, how delightful. Yeah. We watch a full length movie on YouTube and we want you to watch the movie with us and listen to our podcast at the same time. Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay. This week, we will watch. Thank you, Michael, for nothing. We will watch Full Body Massage 1995. Mm-hmm. Full Body Massage. It's a uh, full body, and then it's mass, M-A-S-S, like weight or Massachusetts, and then age, like our age is over 50. That's right. Yes, they already said that. And then 1995, that means full body massage for less than 20 bucks. Oh, absolutely. This was, It was a better time for mass, mass ages, and I was totally into the mass age. And you didn't have to get a ah, 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 to make it a happy ending. You just felt good. Oh yeah, back in the back in our day, you didn't need that. You right. go to the movie theater and jerk off to your neighbor. Yeah, like a like a normal person. You don't go to a disgusting massage. That's bar. gross. No, you go see Caligula. All right, so uh, and jerk off your neighbor. All right, well, we are very excited to. Uh, I was young. I was so young. Go ahead and type in full body massage, nineteen ninety five, and the pick you should find, right, Carl? Yeah. Uh, the channel is Sarah Outen, S-A-R-A-H-O-U-T-E-N, Sarah Outen, and it's in Spanish. It says El Masajista. All right, so look for El Masajista. Right. Uh, so what does that mean in Spanish? The full body massage? No, it's the master jizz, jizzer. <laughs> I walked right into that. I walked right into that. Okay. Yes, El Masajista. In Massachusetts. Okay. All right. And then what we want you to do is click the link for El Masajista full movie. Two, th- two million views. Yeah. Uh, two million. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So click uh, pause and then 
little tricky on my mom's computer here, but go ahead and uh, hit pause and move the timer to zero, zero, zero. Uh, at the count of uh, three, we'll be told to go and we'll hit the play button all at the same time and watch the movie. I'm very excited that this time we have a celebrity comedian to commence our countdown. Yeah. Uh, Carl has scoured. Carl's from New Jersey and he's a New Jersey comedian, but he understands this. The internet radio is a worldwide video. So you have scoured the yeah. earth. Yes, the, the earth. You scoured. Yeah. To find. It's all yeah. clean over in this area. Yeah. So you, you actually branched out away from the state of New Jersey. Okay. In our history here, we've had Indiana, we've had New York, like upstate. We've had. Um, Bay Area. Yes, right. We've had Bay Area. Uh, and then a lot of times we've had New Jersey. What am I going to do? This is, you can't <laughs> throw a comedian and not hit a dead cat uh, here That's in New Jersey. That is. Because it's the uh, Garden State of Dead Cats. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's why it's so fertilized. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. I have not heard uh, this conversation that but, Carl is going to commence. But, Carl, you have a great comedian count to do the countdown, regardless of the location. So please take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown this week with Joe DeSantis. <laughs> Joe! Thank you, everybody out there. It's great to be here. Now, Joe, when I first started knowing you, it was always in New York at New York open mics. I know you work there. I know you use I I thought you were a New York comedian at the time. Yeah, I mean, um, I did most most stuff in New York and uh, occasionally out of state and uh, yeah, Jersey, I, I would occasionally go back to Jersey, but um, recently, since even before the pandemic, I started going to Jersey to do more stuff. And well, every time I turn around in New Jersey, there you are, like at an open mic or a real show or something. It just seems like you're dedicated to craft. You want to do comedy, I, I don't want to say seven nights a week, but any chance you get, it seems like, you know, if I go somewhere, you're there. Yeah, if I could do it seven nights a week, I would. Um, definitely. Like, I mean, that's what I, that's what I think all of us are trying to do, you know? Yeah. And uh, especially now, you know? <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah. So I was working Scotty's, right? And George Gallo was the booked headliner so he walks into the club you know i'm gonna ask him how do you want me to introduce you tonight and who should he have trailing along behind him who should who should he have in tow but yourself for a guest spot yeah yeah so you, um, you had just done a show with him or something and he invited yeah. you or how'd that go down oh that was great it was at a stereo garden in long island in mm -hmm. patchog <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Patchogue, Long Island. And th that place is amazing. It's like, I think, I mean, there had to be like over, a maybe over 100 people there, I think. Because, mm -hmm. but, but it's big enough. It's big enough. It's such a big place that like they could fit that amount of people. It's just a huge venue for rock bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, but, what a contrast between that venue and the night that you performed there, there were only four people in the audience and George was like, let's do the show anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty amazing too. Those four people, 
felt like 4,000 people though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I 4,001 people. They were good. Uh, they were into it. They were laughing and they were, you know, I wouldn't call it heckling, but they were talking along. They were out to have a good time, especially the table in front of us, those two kooky people. Oh, yeah, they were great. They were both, but yeah, both couples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm just going to get four people, <laughs> put them in front of me, and just do my act in front of them like that because I think it's more rewarding that way. Now, you do a lot of relationships stuff you know i mean is that a conscious choice or that's just where you go when things are funny to you well wow, that's interesting that you said that yeah i mean i do i i feel like i do stuff about you know working and 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 also uh you know uh just stupid stuff uh observational stuff too but but yeah relationships is one of my things that i guess is like at the heart of it because if you noticed it carl i think you have a good eye for that stuff so i mean i guess it's just because you know it sounds it, like it's not a conscious choice it sounds like that's where you know that's a, a place of conflict you know that's a place where where jokes come out of just because of your experiences yeah, I'm, just, I'm just fascinated i'm fascinated by the whole idea of love and I think it comes from that, I, I, the whole idea of what love really is. I mean, because people always are like, oh, you say I love you. That means I love you. And it's just like, it's like more than just saying it, you know? Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> I know this is getting really corny for you guys out there. <laughs> but uh, all right, I'm going to get a little corny with you. All right. Uh, maybe five years or 10 years or 20, 30 years from now, you'll be like, oh, maybe Joe had, oh, he had something there. Um <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I'm just fascinated by like, you know, and then, you know, screw ups are the best for comedy and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on that. So, um, I, uh, I derive a lot of stuff from relationships and, and, you know, the whole idea of, of talking about love and, you know, or even trying to keep a relationship together. You know, right. you can't say I love you. It sounds like the speaker at the fast food. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole idea. Yeah. I'm always like I'm always on the on a on like a balance beam with that because it's like because I think real love is like when the hit when the shit really hits the fan, so to speak. And you got to come out and do stuff and not just say stuff. So but I just you know, I don't want to get too serious in my act i just like i just i just want to like you know i just want to explore those ideas and yeah and, and see if i could find comedy out of there you know and you do you really do now how can people find you uh online on social media where are you out there basically if you go at joe on edge uh all one word i think i put it in the zoom there Two at Joe on Edge, all one word. Okay. Uh, together, uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook, and on Instagram, Twitter, all the, all that stuff. At Joe on Edge. Yeah, That's just Google, it. just Google Joe on Edge. If you put all those words together, you'll find me on Google too. Okay. 
Okay, so now everyone at home is poised and ready to hit that play button at the same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you take it away, Joe? Let's have that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, Carl, thank you. And we're gonna do this countdown. Okay, are you guys ready? Three, two, one, go. That was an amazing comedian countdown. I haven't heard it yet, but yeah. I blew away everyone else. So I'm right. so glad. Yeah. And I did hear it because I was there and I recorded it, but I don't know which one I chose for this episode. So it was one of the better ones, I feel. You know, that was probably the finest selection you selected for a comedian countdown. Yeah. In the future, I will do the finest. You'll see. This you is so great. This is a real movie. You see the stars. Oh, yeah, and then you get the warning. We were able to chit-chat about the Comedian Countdown without me walking through the first 10 seconds of the movie, so I appreciate that. I'm not very classy. Let's begin the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Showtime. Now, that's a loaded title. What does that mean? A 1995 movie? Oh, Nicholas Rogg? Yeah, Roeg. Is it Rogg? Roeg? No, I believe it's Rogg. Oh, is it Roeg? I oh, don't Roeg. know. I just look at it. It says R-O... E space E G G row egg. Well, that's what I read, row egg. But it could All be right, wrong. Well, I could be wrong. I could be and wrong. Mim I Rajai Ers. You mean Rogers? I just watched her in uh, Austin Towers. Yeah, she was the mother of the uh, Gal Friday. That's right. In <laughs> so many words. Now, this movie's already fucking up because what we're doing is watching a car ride. And that's what we will do. And then we'll watch oh, it walk into her house. That's clearly, what we will see. Clearly, you're not a, credit a critic of uh, Nicholas Roag. Ro look, look what he's conveying the first time. There's a mysterious town. There's a fancy, sexy girl with a fancy, sexy car. Mysterious. Right he's saying, this is filler. You're about to watch filler because we need time on HBO cable network competing with the uh, Showtime competing with HBO. Oh, and Cinemax. You're competing with Cinemax. This is looks like uh, open air diary. What is it? Like the lost yeah. shoe, red shoe diary and uh, mysterious hitchhiker. What was it? Like they had a compilation show where like she's going to pick up a mysterious hitchhiker okay. and then a know. romance. We might have had Cinemax, actually, but I don't remember that. But I just have to say that a movie's opening is supposed to convey mood and theme. So I don't know. Right. It's, it's Is that what it's doing? We can see yeah, it. it. It creates location. It's obviously a very rich, fancy area. Yeah. Uh, rich and fancy. There is a sexy, mysterious girl draw, woman driving the, the car. We haven't seen her face yet. Mysterious. And here we are. The credits are done, and she's going to start the show by entering. Ta-da. Oh. I never driven a car before. How do I close the door? These are questions actors ask. Wow, it's Mimi Rogers, my goodness. Now, Mimi Rogers married Tom Cruise, and yeah. then she said, listen, this is all farce. You got to get out of here. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'll see you, Mimi Rogers. Yeah, they were married very quickly and ended. It was 87 they were married and divorced. You know, the divorce was finalized in 90. So they spent maybe a year and a half. They were like boyfriend and girlfriend, but they got married. Right. Well, why wouldn't you marry Tom Cruise? Right. He's top of the world. Yeah, you have to look down to see him, but he's top of the world. 
you know, if he, that's why he's like, uh, next movie I want to do a race car where I sit and people have to talk to me because I'm sitting. Now, Mike, what the director's doing here is it's Mimi's checking her mail and that's telling us this is filler. The show is filler. Well, I mean, kids today would know this as you got mail. <laughs> right. Now, today. we're meeting the slightly annoying, like, personal assistant. But, 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 did you see, I, something, did you see the wall had a crack in it? There was a big crack in it. Yeah, it was framed in the crack. It's not such a rich house if you've got cracked walls. She's got some serious, like, Batman, uh, like, you expect Catwoman to break through her glass uh, roof and steel. Except we'll never see this woman ever again. She looks like Nicole Kidman to me when she was younger. You, so look at this video. If it's a, bat, a full body massage and it's a Showtime movie, yeah. erotic thriller, right? and it's about 90 minutes, is it just like after this woman leaves, it's just going to be her and the masseuse, right? That's right for the whole fucking thing. The guy. Oh. We got to say we're this This is moment. filler. Filler. We got to know it's not filler. Is it the only other human being you're going to see this movie? You might as well enjoy it. You remember that it's girl? Like from flashbacks. The no, it's replete with flashbacks. Oh, repleted flashbacks. So yeah. the budget's like $12 in this movie. So that's a six. <laughs> you know, this was thrown together because the production company for Full Body Massage. It's called Full Body Productions Incorporated. Well, they, always, they always do that. They 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 created one company to incorporate one movie. Yeah. Now, all of this <coughs> is pointless and filler. <coughs> She's saying, this appointment and the gardener's going away. We're learning all this information that it will never pay off and we'll never see her again. This is the most experimental filmmaker out there. Directing a straight to Showtime yeah. original movie, yeah. So there's like it's like you know if a great movie director directs a, a Lifetime movie, there's certain parameters that you know there's certain colors that need to be filled within certain lines. Okay, this director is very interesting, but this film he was sleeping. This was shot in one month, you know. And right. It, 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 he's a great name who was just doing a job. He wasn't doing anything. Uh, uh, began shooting April 10th, 95, ended May 5, 95. The release date is November 5, 95. I mean, this was a TV. Just let's get this out here. Now, by release date, you mean premieres on Showtime? Yeah, that's right. Then it would go to video. 1990 April 1996. Well, this is the type of film that would be on the cult list, or like if you go to Scarecrow in Portland. Oh, you know, Scarecrow, uh, there's an article they are now going uh, the national mail order only. So, you know, Carl has always promoted using the original Netflix model of, of renting DVDs because you can get films that are not streaming or am streaming, they're just available. It doesn't matter what which location. So, you can get Disney films, say. Uh, and I've always promoted going to the library and, and checking out as much as you can. I know. But another model of Scarecrow video is uh, is out in like Seattle or what have you, and they uh, decided during the pandemic to just be a national mail order service. So they're full bloom. So you can probably, but if you go there, they'll say like cult directors, and you go, I'm going to look up Roeg, 
you'll look up Nicholas Rogue, uh, yeah. and uh, they'll say like, here's all his great movies. Don't look back. What? You're uh-huh. actually fucking. Can you believe it? Oh, um, my goodness. You know, the man who fell to earth. What? Bowie's unhinged. Yeah. Performance. What? Mick Jagger's what? unhinged. Out of control. Mick Jagger's a nut. He's a nut. Full body no, massage. Interesting director. Full body massage. Here's a yawn. It's a yawn. Now, look. Oh, this well, is I'm a completist. Mike. Look, Mike. Wait. Yeah. Come on now. I'm looking. Come I'm on. looking. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. Look at this. It's six butts for one. Yeah. Thanks to the mirror. Now, this is Mimi Rogers. She would go, she, you know, she did pose in Playboy. She's the Damn. full picture, Mike. She's got everything. She's beautiful and she is voluptuous. Look at that. No, Mimi indeed. Now, now look, she's getting in there and she's getting her cooch. She's got full cooch. And that's not good for the pH balance. Why is that? When you have full gooch in the in the hot tub, it, it gets the pH balance off. Like this is a you're talking about ladies' cooch or like yeah. just any cooch? No, no, ladies' cooch. Really? <laughs> that makes the pH balance go through the charts. You gotta put in um uh you gotta put in okay. I, let me just get back to the film. This is oh. Dave, the masseuse, okay? And she's basically, she's not masturbating or something, but she's getting ready for her full body massage with okay. Dave. And it's obviously sexual, you know? And he's, she's seeing in her mind him. But showering. Right. He doesn't wash his feet. No, he's not he washing his feet. That's part of. He, he, he's going to let the soap run off his legs onto his feet. Right, and then he, no, but he walks on her back with dirty feet, and it leaves marks. Really? And, yeah, that's part of the plot. <laughs> he was wearing no. a shower cap on his feet. Did you see it? I know the plot. This guy doesn't show up at all. It's, 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 it's <clears throat> That's right. That's right, Mike. This guy does not show up at all, and instead, who should show up but Brian Brown as Fitch? I'm from TaskRabbit. Who's Brian Brown? Brian Brown. Don't you remember from that TV show? No, he's from Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Oh, is he the, the cocktail mentor? He's like, yep. let me show you how to. He's how to Breaker Morant. Remember we Breaker saw Morant. that other director who directed Breaker Morant? It was another one of our shows. Now, Breaker, Breaker Morant is not breaking away, right? So there's not a bicycle race going on. No, it's the Australian Aborigines War. Aborigines War. And give my regards to Broad Street with Paul McCartney, which we did on the Which we did see. Yeah, that was episode 300 and 400. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that one was a good one, actually. So I like him. And we played uh, the Commodore 64 game while we watched the movie. Yes. Give my regards to Broad Street was a vanity product for, project yeah, from you kept yeah. driving crazy. I would tell you turn up the sound and you would put on the sound of the game. Right, yeah. And it was this oh mini file, a band on the run. It was it wasn't even the Beatles. It wasn't even the solo work. It was fucking wigs. It, it was a whole lot of wigs. <laughs> Is that what you call it? A vanity film? Yeah, oh yeah, a vanity project. Project. With Ringo Starr was in it and his Barbara, his wife. Wow, what a coincidence. They're also friends of uh, anime. Now, the other one I liked was Along Came Polly. He was like the rich guy who was going to get insured. Right, that's right. We we did a film called Along Came Polly? 
No, it's Ben Stiller film. Uh, we oh, did ben Stiller film. Yeah, the only one we ever did was uh, Working Trash. But anyway, what basically what's going on is me. He's like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, Dan sent me, I might. I'm Bobby. I'm Brian Brown. You know, remember me from uh, House season yeah. seven to nine? Now, what this character has done is walked in like he owns the place. And he's just making decisions. She hasn't even said, I'll go for the massage. He's just checking out. He's casing this feng shui. Well, yeah. He's like, where should, right, where should we do this massage? What fen is shuiing the best here? I would definitely do it underneath the uh, the genitals of the sculptures. It's really classy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this looks good. Uh, we call this a bench in the industry. We got this bench in the industry. Now, the thing is that, um, do you remember when we saw, um, not Gremlins, it was um, Munchies? Munchies, yes. And the scent was coming out. Remember that? Yeah, on the movie poster, the show is the Gremlin is such a party animal. Not only is he holding a Budweiser brand beer, and not only is he wearing a leather coat, but he, he's also holding on to the leg of a woman who, of course, you know, in these movie posters, you don't see the full body. Oh, she's got a full body. Holy you shit. The, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Full body. Yeah, full body. Uh, but I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so the gremlin is looking up to her dress, but to to, to hammer the point home in the on the movie poster of this already film, there is a visible scent coming out from a under her waft. dress. A waft. Oh, a waft, you know, the curving waft, the one that goes straight down and then now, towards the person's nostrils. Now, that is why the pH balance gets messed up in a hot tub. That is why you do not do a massage underneath the statue. Of a cooch. Oh, well, see, listen, I know you uh, it's, You have a very dry sense of humor because you are a hot tub voter, so I can't tell if you're on the level or you're riffing or what. Uh, you know. People I own a hot tub, they'll be like, oh, he's so rich. You, you know? You own a, no, no, it's a time, it's a timeshare of a, of a hot tub. You have Tuesdays. Yeah, it's a timeshare with our neighbors. Yeah, with your neighbors. Yeah, and there's and the bears. The, at 11 North Road, the ones right across the street, her cooch is so pH unbalanced. Do you say do you say something when you when no, you're tied to no. I just put in the shock. I just put in the chemicals. I just put in alkaline and you know pH up. Does she complain? Like she said, I noticed a lot of alkaline in the water today. No, you put, you like put it one? in after. No, she comes oh. over. She does her ecological disaster, and then I put the chemicals in when she goes. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now look what this asshole has done. He's now in her bedroom looking at her shit. I know, man. This is crazy. Don't touch that. Touch my back. This explanation. Does he talk funny? Like, is that the thing about him? Australia. Oh. She goes, this is my bedroom. He's like, oh, fill it, Mark B. What a he is. This guy always answers a question with a question. It's so annoying. How old are you? Old enough. How long have you known Doug? Not long. Long enough to know to like him? How long does that take? He's just such a jerk. What a man. 
I mean, it's unsatisfying. How old are you? 55. How long have you known Doug? Three months. Is that long enough? Oh, hang on, hang on. Excuse me, Thomas, Thomas Carlisle has a word from you. Actually, he yeah. is from 100 and... Oh, fuck, never mind. There's one temple in the universe, and that is the human body. They're going to do that throughout. There's, like, little Ooh. quotes, and there's a flashback to, a, like, a poetry, poetry... I don't know. Well, listen, you know what? A massage therapist has the word therapist in it. Therapy is not anything sexual. This is a, a service to help you. You know, whether it's a mental therapist or a physical therapist, sure. that is their job. So to have these, like, sexy quotes in between is, like, you know, I get it. It's a racy... Uh, well, see, that's the thing. It isn't a massage therapy. It is a Showtime filler movie. It's erotica. It's not softcore, but you get to see boobs, and you get to see lots of rubbing, and she's making noises as she gets her massage. <sighs> Uh, you know, it's, they really showtime. And this is the director. Like you said, he did The Man Who Fell to Earth. That ain't nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, so one of the movies I, I was like, I went through his entire catalog on YouTube. And one of my favorites is a 1983 movie called Eureka. Mm -hmm. And it's about a guy who discovers gold and it takes place in the desert and it takes place in the uh, winter, like kind of like what just watched the monkey movie head and they switch like that. From the Snowy Mountains. You know, if you like this movie or if you would like to see a movie like him, I would go see it. Yeah. Michael, I, 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 if you like this movie, really? Come on. No, not this movie. Okay, oh, but yeah, I would go see it. I would definitely, if you're a fan of our friend Nicholas Roag, you should definitely so, check out Eureka. If you can, I got a video of it like 20 years ago. That's how I saw it. Uh, okay, not recently. No. Now, he I mean, did uh, Bad Timing with Art Garfunkel. Uh, he did Performance with Mick Jagger. He did yeah. Roger Waters' videos. I mean, this guy's got a niche doing rock stars. He and really is a man. He worked with all those guys, and he must just love abuse. <laughs> well, he was a problematic uh, person. Um, okay, okay, uh, where is it? He, he was hired as director... Of photography for Dr. Shivago, 65, but disagreed constantly with the director, David Lean, and was eventually replaced by Freddie Young. So he got replaced. He was originally going to direct Flash Gordon in 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been fun. But he didn't due to creative differences. Well, I, I know like a lot of people love The Witches. So uh, Rod Dahl version, he did. Which was yeah, uh, 1990. Yeah, and that book was remade for HBO Max uh, movie, and they also have the original, I believe. So you can definitely like, you know, make an evening of it. Uh, so that was good. People who love that movie from 1990. Now, it, 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 it's um, the, the big film he his first directing thing was co-directing, but it was performance in 1970. And it's, it was a star vehicle for Mick Jagger, but it was, okay, I'm reading, Warner Brothers was so horrified, sex violence and questions of identity delayed the release for two years. So apparently performance was like a shit show. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's one of the few films I haven't seen. And, but uh, I, I've always had a good thing. It was in uh, uh, cult movies, the... Uh, uh, Perry Book, I forgot his first name, that's why the author, but 
has a famous series of books called Cult Movies, and uh, performance was listed as one of the uh, one of the, in the first volume. Well, I am going to see that now that I've done this research because that just seems like curio like crazy. Oh yeah, and it's also Nick. I mean, it's Mick Jagger in his prime. I guess not in his prime. He's over the hill by 1973 or whatever. No, no way, no way. <laughs> oh yeah, they were making he rock on to... the radio. They were doing Angie was a hit uh, at that time. I mean, he was still the Rolling. You know. He said, what are you guys doing? And they were like, hey, Mick, we're coasting. And they're like, what, what does that mean? He goes, oh, would you have some, enough that you could just kind of coast on it? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and the year was 1973. Okay. Oh, whatever. But yeah, so he, he did that. Uh, but, you know, Mick Jagger is great when he acts. And so is David Bowie. And uh, Yeah. But he's he's some other movies I've seen. Oh, Track 29. Holy shit. That movie is from the 80s. He did another 80s movie, which I fucking called Incontinence or Incrugulous, where it's like, it's kind of like A Night in Miami. It's recently premiered on, on Amazon, Regina King film, where these uh, historical characters, uh, historical figures are meet in a hotel room and, and talk. Oh, uh, yeah, you talked to uh, yeah. current, yeah, that's all, I, I got to stream that. I wrote it down. Uh, yeah, so you guys stream that, but he uh, Nicholas Rogue made a movie called uh, it was like In Something, and it basically it's Albert Einstein. What is it? Insignificance, nineteen eighty five. Okay, so Insignificance, nineteen eighty five is is Marilyn Monroe, uh, Albert Einstein, and I think Joe DiMaggio or just some other you know rando. Well, uh, Joe was married to Marilyn, so it's probably a different. Uh... Yeah, it might be a different rando. Wait, uh, you, but, you, wait, wait, wait. You see side boob? I saw a full boob. I don't need to see side boob. But oh, that's wait, what we got at the moment. Okay, it's over. Listen this a minute. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you. My pants are on my ankles. This is great. <laughs> Pull back from nudity, man. Pants down. Can you believe we're getting paid babysitting money to watch the, the movie on Cinemax right now? At Showtime? I hope oh, they don't come back right showtime. now. Showtime. Listen, they what? come back, turn to local news. The parents I had a babysitting gig, and they she allowed my girlfriend to come over. And we just made out. He just put him to sleep. Good night. Uh -huh. Fun. We were playing house. Now, this director, the, Roger Corman, got, gets involved slightly. Okay. Uh, he was, before he was a director, he came to attention as part of the second unit on David Lean's Lawrence of Arabia. Now, David Lean was the same guy who would fight with for Dr. Shivago and get fired. But the guy noticed him. And also, uh, Roger Corman's film, uh, The Mask of the Red Death in 64. He was a cinematographer at the time. Well, that was a very colorful movie, right? With the red mask and the visit rice and uh, <laughs> I don't all know. that stuff. Yeah. It has red in it. It must be colorful. Oh, you call these legs. I read that book. It must be colorful. Do you think, uh, uh, oh, you read the Pope? Do you think like Tom Cruise, was, they, was he Miranda Cruise in 95? No, no. 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 They, they were broken up. Um, let's see. Oh, he was, yeah. <clears throat> Here it is. They were broken up in 1990. Uh, she, she, I don't know, she had a husband 
James Rogers for four years, 76 to 80. Then she had a relationship with Emilio Estevez. Then she was with Tom Cruise, 87 and 90. And then she married Christopher Siafa in 2003. And that's it. She's been married. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, boo, boo real love. Boo true love. You are such a cynic. Me? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, true love. Right. It's third time. I'm going to lay down some philosophy for you. I believe it was Aristotle who said, let me touch your deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said that because they talk about Plato and Socrates and Aristotle was a disciple of Plato. Right. So it goes, um, he, Finch is telling Nina about the history of massage and he talks about Plato lived to be 104, which the internet tells me he, that's not true. He lived to be 80. And then Nina, you know, Mimi replies that the philosopher Socrates did not, which means she knows the story of Socrates and the trial and dying. You know, actually, he meant to say Play-Doh, which does last 104 years. Oh, right. It's, it's, yeah. And they have a warranty, you know, if it's, yeah. you get oil in it or something, they'll give you. Hey, you know, speaking of massage, have you ever been to Play-Doh's retreat? Whoa. Oh, this guy's got a hell of a philosophy. Uh, so she's just like, well, I'm reading the closed captioning, and I wish I haven't. What they're doing right now is they're like talking about Dave, and uh, they're, I don't know, maybe we should listen because it, it's really, oh, yeah. let's read the article while we're at it. All right. Look, I've seen this thing only two times because I just couldn't see yeah, it. You can't, you can't, you can't watch I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I knew it when I asked you to, to, to do it. And she must like work out at Muscle Beach. Holy fuck. Look how he's touching her butt. Right. She can clobber him. Okay. So, so what you're talking about is past relationships. And right. he will go through his experiences around the world. He won't dwell on them except to brag that he was in Africa and Saudi Arabia. But, but this he, is showtime. Does he make out with these girls in his flashbacks? Mm-hmm. This is a flashback of Mimi falling in love with an artist. Mimi is an art dealer, okay? Uh, this is sort of like years ago when she fell in love with a person who had no pretense, was really an artist, didn't want to sell his stuff, and it all fell apart because she's really materialistic. You can never taste your own product. It's just so uninteresting. And she drones on about it. Like she has such life experience. Now he had like a rich Australian parents and he like went off to find himself and he was with the Hopi Indians and he learned their philosophy of massage and healing. Oh, so unbelievable. Why is he such a jerk? If that's it, he just criticizes her life. You know, Maybe it's his pickup technique. He says negative things about her. She questions, you know, why am I here? It's 2 a.m. already and it's last call. I, you know. <laughs> well, you're right. Um, he, he will be a jerk to her. And then in the end, she'll be like, I want you to be my new masseuse. Forget about Dave. Look, she's, he's kneading dough. I, I make my own bread, so I know. And is that a, is this is a stunt butt, right? A stunt model, or is this Miss uh, Roger? It's her flashback. Like, oh. Finch is giving her a massage, and so she fantasizes about Dave, and now Finch is gone. And she's like, fucking Finch? Fuck you, go! 
<laughs> he's taking uh, skirt photos. Oh, no, he's casing the joint. No, there'll be no payoff like that. Like, he doesn't have like The Rock and uh, Will Smith behind him, like, and Margot Robbie planning a heist or something shit like that. Oh, there's no safe room. There's no, no panic room. Right? The call is coming from inside the house, Mimi. Mimi is, it's a load. I have to wait until dark. What does that mean? Oh, we're just going to stalk you for 90 minutes in your house. Oh, no, nothing like that. Her name is Miriam Rogers, and Mimi's the nickname. Um, That's great. That's a good nickname for Miriam. Now, this is a crappy movie, but like I first noticed her in Michael Keaton's Gung Ho. She wasn't great in that. She just played the girlfriend. You mentioned what does Gung Ho? What, wait, 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 Carl. I'm having like an 80s black hole. It, it was young a Michael Keaton. Down. In a cowboy and a, and a no, funny no. family-friendly cowboy movie. No, no, it was a young Michael Keaton, and at that time, as you know, Japanese cars and Japanese like radios and everything was flooding into our markets. So this yeah. was the movie that rode on that coattails. A Japanese company bought an American auto-making com- uh, factory, and Michael Keaton has to be the form the union leader or whatever. And you know, I remember that that was a Ron Howard movie, right? It was written by Bubble. Uh, oh, it wasn't written by this guy. The magnet stealing powers are known by the ancients, but during the dark ages, this knowledge was lost. This movie sucks. This is like one of those guys, like you were like, Why are you, why am I friends with you again? Yeah. Like, you just want to shut up about it. Like, and then you're like, I don't think you should meet any of my lady friends. He said, She said, He says, Put your cooch here. Knock your boobs against this thing. Did she ask about the pH? Uh, no, no, she's not in like a pool or somewhere where she. Can oh, all right, it's not out of. Gotcha. No, look, she's got he's got the magnets under her feet, and he thinks he's he's claiming to be a Hopi Indian. Hopi Indians never had magnets. Where are they going to find that? They dug them up. They went to magnet schools. They have they metal magnet. that'll stick to it. No. They went to magnets. They went. They all went to magnet schools. <laughs> they were ma- magnet, magnet. Oh, I don't know. Uh, this sucks. Uh, okay, look. This director, Big Audio Dynamite, paid tribute to this director right. in the song E equals M C squared, which must be because of that movie in Consonants, where uh, uh, insignificant. Uh, I don't. Yes, it is here. Yes, in insignificant. The song is filled with imagery from his movies, including descriptive snippets of performance, Don't Look Now, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and Insignificance. When you reach the bottom line, there was a bottom line in Insignificance. What can you do? (laughs) All you can do is do or die. Well, that seems dire, but yeah, that's, you know, an absolute. uh, And then the horses are on the track. Did I do it right? Big Audio yes. Dynamite too. Yes. Well, yes. this one was from their first album. This is Big Audio Dynamite. Right. Back when they had the bass player or whatever. The, the co-creator was still there. The silent partner was still working with him. It was, um, I see his face and I know his name so Joe well. Strummer. I'm in context with The Clash. Right. Uh, Jim Strummer, isn't it? No, no, no. Mick Jones was Big Audio Dynamite, but a very famous name you would know. He was a music producer. Oh, because well, that's why I wonder why you would have a band called 
big audio dynamite, and then you would have to be PAD too. And it's probably because of some ownership of the original name, or well, like, you know why know. you did that? Because no. they're bad. They're bad. You know it. We're bad too. Hey, are you looking for bad boys? We're bad too. Bad too. You know it too. Those guys were so old. They should have been like dad too. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're a bunch of dad rockers. No, that was still the. Let's see. What year was that? Big Audio Dynamite. No, it doesn't say what year. Mm, Darn. But I mean, the Clash broke up in 83, 84. So, you know, they were still young. Uh, Look, I want to tell you the story because it's my job, but it's just asinine. So. Is it the same lover? Is it the same? Are they lovers yet? Will they be lovers? Again, a flashback continue. See how she looks like she's remembering? It's a flashback continuing the memory of her first encounter meeting. She would drive past him every day and he'd be painting. And then one day she had, she was curious. So she pulled over and she's like, where do you show? And he's like, show. Guys like me don't show. Wait, wait, you see out of the nose? He's sniffing. Right. Look at Mimi's body, man. She's like really put together. And she is, this is 95. Right. So let's see, her first role. Oh, that's um, Hercules. 86. What is it, like a pink thumb? Yes, it is. When when you get tired as a masseuse, you've got these, like, tools like that. You can just get out a fake thumb. Like, your thumb is hurting. Really, yeah. I don't buy that. Oh, well, okay. Right. Tricks oh, and here's your... Table, man. Oh, there, here's your drink, Miss Rogers. There's There's a fly inside this ice cube. Oh, this is a prank. It came with the, t- the thumb. Now, this director's first job in 1947 in the film industry was making tea and operating the clapperboard at Martle Bone Studios. Wait, 1947? Was it like, yes. UK, we're doomed? <laughs> I, I, they would go, Nicholas, Nicholas, tea, tea, Nicholas, right away, Matt. Madam, right. yeah, Madam. Mr. Lean, who's still my friend. But he must have done another film I saw. Well, Track 29 was a pretty strange film. Uh, he, he, his wife, Teresa Russell, is a great actor. She's great. She's great, but she's crazy. She's weird. Like, she's really weird. <laughs> I wouldn't say she's crazy, but her, her characters are always, there's something off about it. And uh, it, it works really well with their when they collaborate together, you know, when they make movies together. Well, they and got married. One, well, okay, he was the star of Bad Timing and A Sensual Obsession, and he was like, I love you. And then Teresa Russell would play all the female leads in his yes. films going forward. Yes, that's right, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, when people watch David Mamet and he has uh, uh, Rebecca Pigeon, his, uh, you know, his wife, and he performs. It, it seems off-putting because they kind of are in sync to what he wants. And it, sometimes, you know, you're like, well, what the hell? You know, like, it's, when people are in tune to, like, a, a certain voice, I guess, yeah, it may not come across because you're like, why do you why do you talk this way? You know? Right. Now, look why what she's doing. That? She's going fetal. She's doing it, flash dance. This is called assuming the position. 
Hey, where's that thumb thing? Where's that cooch now? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, Mike, but look what you're seeing on screen. I'm just watching YouTube. <laughs> this is Showtime. Here, now, here this is YouTube. Alex. It was 2.1 million people have, like, I got to get some fast relief fast. <laughs> what can I do? Oh, I know. I'll watch uh, Full Body Massage again on YouTube. Right. I'm not a pornography person because I'm a Christian or something. So I'm right. not going to stoop to that level. Instead, I would watch something like this. Did you know Amish women ha uh, have films, eight millimeter films of guys peeing? Really? Did you read that in uh, National Geographic, 1948? Oh, when, how in the world do I know that? Was it Reader's Digest condensed oh, version you know of that you article? You got me realizing it's probably a not like a, a myth. I want to say an old wives' tale, but old wives wouldn't tell that tale. It's like a myth. <laughs> it's got to be. Well, the Hopi Indians did it, I believe. Well, but, okay. He's now talking about the Hopi Indians. Now, when he meets the like girlfriend who made a tragedy for him when she died in a car crash, she will teach him the most about the Hopi Indians. It's nonsensical. She's a Caucasian. She also... Uh, we're watching softcore doing it now, but not with Mimi Rogers. Oh, it's it's. But is it like Brian? It's either young Mimi Rogers or okay. This I think is Brian, and if it is, then this is Alice, who is like his Hopi teacher. Oh, I hope he teaches her. <laughs> Wait, what? No, it didn't work. Yeah, well, no, but it should work. Oh, wait, it's not Brian. It's a Hopi Indian, though. So this is Alice. Okay. And is, he, Hopi, is he watching? He's teaching her massage, and she will teach him. Right now, he's feeling her vibes. Yeah, right. But we are watching this. So is it like a voyeur? Like, is there? Is he watching this? Or No, this is... is he I don't, he's right, actually. It's supposed to be his flashback, but we're seeing her experience... So it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's just part of the story. So we in this flashback get to see a totally different person. Yeah, yeah. It's nonsensical. This is written by a guy who only has four credits and two of them are TV. Uh, Dan Gerskis. Gerski S. Gerskis. Dan Gerskis. 2000. One, he did the substitute. Failure is not an option. It's a video. In that you see full body massage in 95. In 92, he did body language, a TV movie, a story teleplay. And in 87, he did The Stranger. I don't know. The internet doesn't know him. Wow, yeah, I don't know. But look at this. Look at this camera work you get for a showtime movie. It's on the ceiling. Yeah. And now he's on the floor. Now and it's symmetrically imposed. He has Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> now Brian yeah. Brown has a legitimate flashback because it's him. Right. Now, yeah. Okay. So Alice got taught how to massage. So now he's teaching him how to massage. Look at Wait that fake Caucasian Indian. My God. Oh, the fungus of kombucha. Kombucha. A kibacha relieves endless ills. Yeah. Uh, it's available. It's, it's, you know, it's, 
all foods. You could just go in and walk out, and your Amazon card will beep you up. You'll pay, you'll pay out with your Amazon card. May I have two pounds of Kamchatka, please? <laughs> How much? Two pounds. I'm going to make two one-pound packages, if that's okay with you, ma'am. I, I'm a guy, uh, mister. Fine. Two one-pound packages of Kamchatka, please. Kamchatka. Who's there the old? And now uh, he's man. drinking it. Blech. Blech. It's supposed to be mushroom tea, and it, he says it cleanses you. But, Mike, when you drink something that cleanses you, doesn't that mean a two-step diarrhea? I don't know. I can find out. No, when, 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 when a drink is cleansing, that means it's... Right. It's a code name. It means, like, you know, I drink this at home. He's burning sage right now. Yeah. You wouldn't want to drink it at the mall unless you feel comfortable. Okay. Bathroom or uh, maybe right. you work. You know, maybe it's like a revenge shit or something like that. You know, you quit, but before you do, you go in the employer's restroom. <laughs> big deuce and don't flush. There's a <laughs> don't flush. compost kika for you. Okay, these are stones. They're the like this is the life stone. This is the uh what do you call a medicine man? A uh a doctor. <laughs> right. Doctor. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. I missed the name of it. Uh, you know, there's a witch doctor, and it's they're a shaman. It's a shaman stone, and she puts it on. You see, the Hopis believe, and I don't believe this writer, that everything is drawn on an axis. And so, the, you know, like humans are symmetrical, so there's this axis down your back. And it's kind of analogous to the chakras that it's in... Hindu, it's always described in the front, like in yoga. So there's different points of your access, and they mean different. They have different life energies. Okay, is this That's, exciting? Well, you, well, I have a lot of questions. Can I, if you, if you don't mind? Okay. Okay, so my first question. Okay. Which doctor? Uh, the one who went ooh ee ooh ah ah. Which one? Which which? Which doctor? Which doctor? Which which doctor? Which, uh, which oh, which, uh, what doctor? Which doctor? So, Mike, one time I had a problem in my life with my access. So I went to the witch doctor, and the witch doctor said, Ooh, <laughs> ee, ooh, ah, ah. Wham, wham, bing. <laughs> he said, I need a second opinion. So you went down to the other witch doctor. And he, it was the same diagnosis. Right. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. Witch doctor. Ooh. Wooly, wooly, bang, bang, whatever. Um, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> um, basically, they're being jerks right now. Like he's saying, yeah. we've lost our spirit. We've lost our way. Oh, my God. So wait a minute. So he's chatting and getting a massage? Yes. It's the whole thing. giving a massage. That's actually That's native Hopi. So, wait a minute. You were able to get your doctor on this podcast? Well, you know, today everything is virtual, and he, you know, does, you don't need an appointment with him. You can just Skype him. 
You could uh, Skype him, right? Or, right? Oh, that's great. Well, I think he's hung up. Doctor, Ting Tang Walla Walla Bing Bang. Do you use Doctor. the King Bang Walla Walla Bing Bang uh, app to to do video conferencing? Oh wait, um, oh yes, hi Samantha. Yeah, I'm. I was calling for the witch doctor. Which which which, which, doctor? which doctor? No, uh, which you know the ooh we okay. You would uh, figure by now she she knows which doctor. Here he is, Mike. The techno version, right? It's like some uh, wedding DJ put a beat yeah, on. Yeah, the original was a '50s song, and it was really right. being, um zen xenophobic, right? It was making it was, fun it of was ignorant racism. Yeah, yeah, I really. Yeah. Okay, so now look at her erotic rubbing not on her boobs. Yeah. Look, um, this is how much little respect I have for this film. I'm playing the witch doctor clips. I mean, it, it, right. it, it's not, this director kicks ass too, man. Uh, performance, what about he went to Australia? Walk about, that's the other film I was thinking about. That's a great movie. He was a cinematographer on this film, even though he was the solo director, and it was his last cinematography credit. He had moved on. Um, I don't know. This guy's worth it. He's worth checking out and seeing. He is a cult fate. Uh, I don't know if he is, but it just seems with performance walkabout, the man who fell to earth, and bad timing with Art Garfunkel. This guy's got some things to watch. And you brought up Eureka, uh, track 29. Yeah. They do like really weird, like lost films. Like this one's a lost film too, but this is from the nineties. The other two were from the eighties. Mike, I gotta uh, tell you, this does not count. This is not the director we're talking about. Yes, well, he was there. What? He I said, Nolan, this was a payback. I went through his filmography and uh -huh. put in every title into the YouTube. And, but I would also like read about these titles. And around this time, he produced like three other films. He, you know, he directed like in '95. You know, at least uh, IMDb was like listening to these shorts he did and just like another film he made. Uh, he did two deaths also in '95, yeah. and I didn't write down the shorts. I know what you're talking about. The oh, yeah, but, so, but that seems pretty prolific for a guy who's been doing it since the '60s. Yes, absolutely. And he was. Um, he must have been. Okay, so let's see. In, in '47, he was like a teenager. I'm not doing the math. Look at her face now. She's finally getting annoyed with him and telling him off and stuff. Right. That's probably why he stopped. What do you over her? I put it up to hear their bickering, but we went to a flashback. Right. He's painting over an existing painting. It's like, what? You're redhead? <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> you have hair like Raggedy Ann? Here, where's my orange? Here we go. I'm wearing a MAGA hat. No problem. Where's the red? <laughs> the Man Who Fell to Earth. That's the movie we should do. Why isn't that on YouTube? Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it is to rent or buy. But, you know, we had recently watched Monkey's movie Head, and you were saying, like, how. You know, it's so much fun to watch uh, rock stars, pop yeah. musical artists just perform. And 
just let loose. And and kind of, yeah, make make star. It was a star vehicle, actually. Yeah, it's fun to see a recording artist do a film. We saw Run DMC. We saw yeah, Tougher Than Leather. <clears throat> yeah, Tougher Than Leather. Um, we saw the Beastie Boys uh, uh, ad rock, although that doesn't really count. Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah Los but you know. We also saw giving my regards to Broad Street. We also saw the Pet Shop Boys. We had to watch that right. Vimeo. Shop Boys, right? Uh, we have seen. Oh, I have, when I first started the show, it, we watched uh, Going Coconuts, which is the Osmond uh, family. Yeah, that's cool interesting. Film. I'm sorry, I missed that one. Well, we could always rewatch oh. it. What's it called? Like Going Coconuts. They they go to uh, Donnie and Marie go to Hawaii and. Uh, there's like Lurch or somebody like following them. Uh, They've done a bunch of movies. Like theatrically released movies. Oh, booboo nudity. You know, she doesn't have to be naked for the massage, right? She want as a matter of fact, she argues, please get rid of the towel. You'll see, you'll, I, we might have passed that scene. She was in Playboy in 93, so this is only two years later. Right. Um, so, okay. In 93, Rogers posed nude in the March 93 edition of Playboy magazine. Right. She also appeared on that issue's cover. She later explained, Playboy had been after me for years, and finally I agreed to pose when they gave right. me complete approval over the shoot. I bet it was a great experience. Well, she says it was done in a tasteful way, and she knew she wanted to have children soon. I thought it might be nice to have a permanent record of my body and its prime. You really nail her accent, you know, <laughs> her being royalty and such. She was big into poker uh, as a teenager, and she took up competitive poker in 2003. Finished the money in her first major tournament, World Poker's Tour, main event, No Limit Texas Hold'em in San Jose, California. She's on the board of directors of the World Poker Tour. In July 2006, she finished in the money, 33rd place, at wow. the Ladies No Limit Hold'em World Series of Poker event. 93, you said? Um, no. In two, July 2006, she finished in the money, which meant 33rd place. Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, the, the, by that point, it was an industry. I mean, like, she was, uh, that's cool. I'm, I always support, I, I, ever since Gabe Kaplan became a professional gambler, right, I right. support, if you're an entertainer and you go the route of the poker player, professional mm-hmm. player, I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. That's probably yeah. the joy of it. And well, I'm with you, Mike, Ray because, plays, yeah. well, when it comes to Mimi Rogers, I would definitely poker. Uh, yeah. You know, we just love that joke. At the beginning of her actor career, Rogers w- lived together with Christy Alley. Uh oh, oh, Scientologist catfight. Oh, she was a big Scientologist, Mimi Rogers, because her father was. And we're yeah. talking about 1952. He, her father got into Dianetics. He was down here. All right. Wow. But I oh, heard she was uh, part of the church. Um, and it was Mimi Rogers who introduced Cruise, Tom Cruise to Scientology. And um, 
I don't know, her father left the Church of Scientology and I don't know, just like all Scientologists, they're in it and they're in it headfirst. He even personally knew L. Ron Hubbard. And then they say like, this is bullshit. And the church, you know, speaks yeah. bad about him. Yeah. yeah. That happens wow. to every one of them. Right. And then any media talk. So one day we, we know we made it when we heard from them. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. Is this a flash forward or is this? No, this is, this is him remembering his other masseuse. And comparing her to this asshole. And what she's going to conclude in the end of this boring Who Cares You Should Have Missed It film is he likes her him better because he's for real. Not telling her what she wants to hear. And also it's like a sort of sexual thing with Dave. And with him it's sort of like a healing therapy thing. Right. A therapist. Massage therapy. Yeah. Masajista. People forget the Dista. They always think of the Masa. Look, he says right now, like, she's like, get rid of the towel. And he goes, but, it, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think it's appropriate. And then she's like, Dave gets rid of the towel. And he goes, yeah, but Dave is gay. And she's like, what? And then we get a flashback. David gay? <laughs> but if you notice the flashback, you can hear him clearly say, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him take a uh, be on the the phone. He calls the answering machine, and he's with his boyfriend. So anyway, she's like, he's he's like, well, I'm heterosexual, so I don't think it's okay. And she's like, right. do it. Yeah, but I own the table, and I don't want to clean up after. <laughs> Just put something underneath. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Now she's being anointed with butt crack oil. <laughs> Wow. We, we, this is not a body double. This is her the whole This is me the whole movie. Wow, they say money on body doubles by Mimi Rogers. Now she auditioned for Fatal Attraction. Really? Yeah, we know Glenn Coast got it, but she would have done great. She would have done great. Yeah, she would have done really good. She'd be great for the Hulk. Right? Like she's got the muscles. Mm-hmm. And she, remember, she, you thought she died in the bathtub and she popped her head up. I could see Mimi Rogers with that <laughs> evil eye because she's been giving it to us in this film when she gets mad at him. Well, that's assuming they, they do that shot with Mimi. Maybe she's in the shower and she bonked her head. And that was the end of that. And then she wakes up. It was all a dream. <laughs> right. I never even met Michael Douglas. Well, I guess there's some dudes we know who'd be like, yeah, I'm a therapist, I massage products, I think, you know, I talk, and I talk philosophy, and you're like, yeah, I don't know, man. Give me All a minute, right. give me a minute, I just want to see him rubbing that butt. He's talking philosophy, you know? Yeah, he's rubbing her butt. It means his butt, not a stunt double butt. Is it no. his hands, or is it stunt double hands? <laughs> no, those are Brian's hands, man. Those are Australian hands. Look at that. Ooh. The budget went to like classes to teach him how to massage. I, I hung out at the Hopi Indians, or so they told me. Yeah. I mean, I, I Hopi, they were Indians. They said they were. You know, we, they, we call them Hopi Indians because we grew up, right? That, those are the um, Colorado Indians. There's Navajo and Hopi, right? 
So we grew up learning about them, calling them Indians, not Native Americans. So that's why it naturally comes out of our mouths. You know, it's a right, very- I know. But I'm also, I mean, we're, we're quoting the movie too. I mean, yeah. No, yeah I know he says mean, but... Indian, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. We're in context. And also, yeah. check out that part. Yeah. No, but, yeah. Sorry, I was distracted. She's so sweaty. The lighting is great in her place. Like, it works really well for a Nicholas Rogue movie. See the quotes on the wall? It's trying Don't to make look. this thing look like it was, uh, I don't know. Don't look back. That was pretty cool. What's Don't Look Back? So these, these Americans go on a, Italy for a tour, and there's some kind of like weirdo, like a culty thing going on, but their their kid dies. And uh, it, it's their grief on it. But then the kids, like, comes back as a spirit or there's something weird with, like, you know, where they are. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Did I watch it? I think any film of his you should just watch, right? Like, you already watched the worst film of his. <laughs> no, this isn't even his film. This is, like, some Showtime paycheck. Let me tell you, there's, like, a, a you know, we do, like, bad movies or... And so you would look for these films that are bad. And then sometimes you look at a director who has this amazing career span, but maybe there's a couple of films that were just short. Yeah. And you're like, this movie is terrible. I want to watch this terrible, bad movie. But you're also watching a terrible, bad movie from a really good director. And yeah. you're not experienced what the really good director is. What's the point of movies? If you can't like, you know, except that the director made other films that are just, you know, defined films. So he took a break. He took a break from being good. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just had a production. He got money. You know, maybe this yeah. was something he, you know, stagnated and he got it done. Right. He, wanted, he had a project to fund. He just needed to pay some bills. Who knows? So, Carl, Carl you remember we watched Kiss Me Stupid? Yeah. Great film. Great film. Well, it was it was a financial flop, like the showgirls of its time, and it was directed yeah. by Billy Wilder, who's made amazingly good movies. You know that a defined film that would be on TCM all the time. So, like, why ignore as a bad movie buff? Do you have why ignore like all the good films from a director and just stick with the, his their bad films, like Buddy Buddy, his last mm -hmm. film. You know, Tarantino always talks about I can't do more than ten films because my eleventh one will be an embarrassment. Well, these are like, this is, you know, a great director's embarrassment. Their last yeah. film just kind of falls short. But what's the big deal? No big deal. No big deal. No one remembers these films. Or if, if they do, we're completists, you know, or we did see it at the end. They the only thing that's them. a big deal about it is you made me watch this. Twice. <laughs> this is right. my third time. Yeah. First time with your pants on? Uh, no, my pants are not on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there must be, we must be concluding the second act, setting up the third, I'm sure. Uh, it doesn't really have those, um, beats. Um, like for instance, we just saw a flashback, like for no reason. Uh, he comes down and he's got his bow tie on because in Australia they would have this fancy dinner and they would invite friends or not. So he comes down and the father sees his like clip. Whoa! Whoa, hold on one second. I just have. Uh, uh, yeah, hold the phone. Would you move your. Oh, thank you. Would you move your yeah. arm, please? Okay. 
So he comes downstairs with his bow tie and the father's like, don't wear a cheap clip on bow tie. That makes you look like a waiter. Okay. We only put on real ties because we have class. And so then the guy undoes his tie, Brian does, or the, the actor, to show that it isn't a clip on. He just did it perfectly. Oh, he told his, he told him off. Yeah, but it never pays off. He's like, nah, I really not, my father. It just never pays off. Now, do you think they directed this whole, all these flashbacks, or they just had like a library of, of film footage? No, it's all direct. He did it all, and he did it in a month. That's pretty good. <clears throat> now, this was the lagoon of Gilligan's Island before it got big, like when it was first gen gestating. 